Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's broadcast. Uh, I hope your day has gone well. And then you've been blessed in, in church today. I want to encourage you, everything you listen to when you go to church, endeavor to practice it. The local church is God's way of caring for his people. So when you go to church, your pastor is preaching, listen, take notes, practice what is said. Practice. Don't just be a hearer alone, but a doer. So, and today is Sunday. So, so now we'll be going through our Bible study, and we've been studying on the Holy Spirit. And today we are going to continue on the subject of following the Holy Spirit. Part 2. Following the Holy Spirit. Part 2. So before we begin, let us pray. Wherever you are, I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and ask the Lord that, Lord, tonight I have come to your presence to hear your word. Speak to me. Show me your word. Help me learn. I want to learn from you so that I may become a better child of yours. I can improve in my relationship with you and I can be of benefit to humanity around me. Pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, visit us with your word tonight. Open our eyes. Speak to us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' precious name we are prayed. Amen and amen. Now, tonight we continue from last week on the subject of following the Holy Spirit. And we checked out last week three R's for following the Holy Spirit. Number one is recognition. Number two is reverence and respects number three is respond you respond to the holy ghost and we talked about how you if any man will follow after me luke chapter 9 verse 23 a classical scriptural there if any man will follow after me let him deny himself pick up his cross and follow me. You see that? Pick up his cross daily and follow me. So we talked about embracing the cross. The cross will cross out things that are not of God in your life. It's going to challenge behavioral patterns. Things you've held on to. Oh, in our family, we, we, we talk. We're always angry then you cannot be led by the Holy Ghost as you ought to be led. You have to um, embrace the cross and let the Holy Ghost show you that you don't have to be that way. You don't have to be like your family. You don't have to, no, you don't have to. The cross will cross out anger. It will cross out impatience. In our family, we like to eat a lot. It will cross out gluttony, overeating. It will cross out, it will cross out laziness. Oh, in our family, no, the cross will cross those things out. So you have to embrace the cross. Embrace the cross. I want you to say that to yourself. I embrace the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ. I identify 
with the fellowship of his sufferings. I pick up my cross daily and I follow after him. I allow the cross of Jesus Christ to crucify out of my life and cross out of my behavior on a daily basis. Anything that is not in line with the character of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. So, following the Holy Spirit. Now, today, I'm going to begin with something we were going to round up with last week. And that is along the lines of sensing the direction of the Spirit. How do you know that the Holy Ghost is leading you? How do we know? How do we know the leading of the Holy Ghost? And we've started with it last week on that respond. Because for you to respond to something, you must know. First, we said that you must be a person of the Word of God. Respond to the Word of God that you know. Obey the Word of God that you know. That is number one. When scriptures come to mind, obey it. For example, you could be going through your day. And you remember a scripture that says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Then in that moment, praise the Lord. Believe me. It's part of responding to the Holy Ghost. It's saying everything, give thanks. Then give thanks. It's part of responding to the Holy Ghost. You are in a situation that, oh, you are unhappy. Maybe something just happened or you just saw a video online and you see how Nigeria is, is, is going southwest. is going, you know, all kinds of things are going on. And in that moment, you remember the whole the word of God that said that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You should watch what you say. Then respond. Watch what you say. Don't say, ah, this country is destroyed. This No, that's no. When you, you should respond to the scriptures that come to mind. Respond to the teachings that you hear. That is you responding to the Holy Ghost. When somebody annoys you and you are about to say something and you, you feel something and you say, say, don't talk that way. Respond. That is the spirit of Christ on the inside of you. Respond to somebody. Say, no, that's just my common sense. No, it is not your common sense. Because your common sense will want you to retaliate. The flesh will want to fight back. So, you respond and say, okay, let me keep quiet. Mm, I'm not saying nothing. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then if you probably are somebody who, who, is, um, who, is, who is a little laid back, the flesh, your own flesh will want to get laid back. It's in that moment the Holy Ghost says, speak up. So you respond to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is always endeavoring to lead you against the will of your flesh. So you are going through your day, you are sweeping, you remember a scripture that says, Pray without sin. So in that moment, just pray without sin. Just say a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you. Thank you for today. Just thank him. Thank you for my health. Pray. Father, I give you praise and I declare that your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven, in my life. So you respond to the scriptures you know. That's number one. Two, you, are, you accept crucifixion. Now, the third thing is this, and this is very enlightening. In knowing and following the Holy Ghost, Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 16. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these people are the sons of God. Now, before I go further, so that means that the difference between babies in God 
and mature sons in God is how well you respond to the Holy Ghost. That's it. Babies in God and adults in God, the difference is how well do you obey the Holy Ghost? Do you embrace the cross and crucify your flesh or you are always doing the things your flesh wants? And that is the difference between you and your inheritance. Believe me. You see, the corrections the Holy Ghost gives you, if you embrace it, it matures you so that you can handle the inheritance of God for your life. So, for example, if the Holy Ghost is endeavoring to correct a common flaw, like anger or talking anyhow, when you are angry, you just say things without giving account of what you just open your mouth and say, and you are finished. And the Holy Ghost is endeavoring to correct it. And you are not correcting it. Now, if you are not correcting and you are praying, Father, open the door for me. Raise me higher. The Holy Ghost is saying, I can't raise you. This is your mouth. If I raise you higher, if I open that door for you, you will change your helper away. But you don't know. So when the Holy Ghost is endeavoring to correct you, then accept the correction because that correction is linked to your inheritance. The Holy Ghost says, okay, you have talked any and you go and apologize. They say, no, you are too egoistic. Holy Ghost is saying, people that I take into the next level, they are humble. They know how to accept their flaws and make amends. You cannot lead this level of cooperation. I can't give you this level of, of promotion at work. And you are egoistic. You are going to trample everybody around you. And then people are going to say Christians are bad. They just say, you are going to disgrace me. So therefore, we will keep you at this level. No promotion until you make correction to this attitude. So you see there now. So now, and th- so you see that the difference between children in God and sons, mature sons, is how well you are led by the Spirit. In scripture, it says, for as many, as many, as many people as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So now, are you a son of God? Then you should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Have you been born again? Then you must lend your heart, your spirit, your soul, your body to say, I must be led by the Spirit of God. Say that to yourself. I am a son of God. I am led by the Spirit of God. One more time. I am led by the Spirit of God. I am a son of God. Again, I am led by the Spirit of God. I am a son of God. One more time. I am led by the Spirit of God. I am a son of God. Now, one more time. I want you to say this to yourself. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you can see there that sons of God, you and I should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. You can expect it. So don't just live life and just think everything you need to do is in your head. We look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse five, 6 last week. It says, in all your way, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And it shall what? Direct your path. So, you see that you can't just go through life with your brain. That is your understanding. See, trust, let's just look at it. Before we come back here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. 
I hope somebody is blessed already. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. It says, In all, is it verse 5 from verse 5? Is it trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding? In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So you see that in following the Holy Ghost, you can't just be living your life based on your brain alone. That is what is contrasting there. With all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So we have two things that you can be led by. You can be led by your understanding or you can trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's two ways. So for example, let's give you an example. Jesus was, was before a multitude, 5,000 people, no food. No, nothing. And they came to him and said, ah, these people are hungry. Now, Jesus said, what do you have? The disciples, they were led by their understanding. They said, ah, Jesus, where are we going to get food to give all these people in the wilderness? He said, if we walk for a whole year and save the salary and we don't do anything with it, he said, even after that, all that we have saved for the whole year, still will not be able to feed these 5,000 men. Talk less of their wives and their children. That's about 15, 17,000 people. That is the understanding. Jesus said, go and ask. Let us see, what do you have there? They brought five loaves of bread and two fishes. Philip said, what is this among so many? We are talking about 5,000 people. You are saying five blows of bread and two fish. Jesus said, give them to me. Now, that is the contrast between being led by your understanding or being led by the Spirit of God. So Jesus was led by the Spirit. He said, bring it. In all his way, he acknowledged the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost was with him. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. So the Holy Ghost was upon Jesus. So Jesus collected five loaves of bread and two fishes and he began to give thanks. And what happened? He multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. And then they had how many baskets left? Twelve baskets left. So you see there that in following the Holy Ghost, you have to choose. Are you going to follow your heart? Or you are going to follow your head. It doesn't mean that you should not think, you should not plan. But in all your ways, after you are planned, after you are thinking, after you are strategizing, acknowledge him, get him involved, ask for his opinion, submit your plan to him. That is when he will be able to lead you. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Proverbs 3 verse 5. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct. Many times it's usually difficult for us as people to acknowledge the Lord. Because we have all our own plans and agendas figured out. We already planned this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I'm going to do by March. This is what I'm going to do by January. This is what I'm going to do by April. Then I'm going to do this and do that. Now, you've already mapped it out. So you don't want to even ask God. So that it will not look like you come and pour, you come and pour sand inside your cereal. <laughs> That's being posh, being posh. Inside your garden. <laughs> Are you getting me? So you rather not ask God. You say, God, no, don't worry. Just bless me. Bless the work of my hand. I don't want, I don't want to come and ask you for your plan. I already have my own plan. Bless what I bring to you. Don't, don't, I don't want to know what is on your own mind. No, that is not how it is. You get me before I say, God, you made the heavens and the earth. Holy Ghost, I'm acknowledging you here. 
I have made my plans. Yes, I have a brain. Yes, I've thought about this issue. And I have decided that this is what I want to do. But you know tomorrow than I do. You see all things. You see all perspective. I acknowledge you. Direct my path. What part of this plan should I scrape? Or should I even carry all the whole plant and throw it away and then start all over again what you are about to tell me? Or are you telling me that all these plans are made by, by next month? There's something the government is going to say that will not make them possible. So I, teach me, what should I do? Which way should I take? But how does it begin? You have to acknowledge him. You can't lean onto your own understanding. So you, you want to start a business and all that you have is just 20,000 naira. You say, what is this among so many? I need at least 200,000 to begin. The Holy Ghost is saying, are you leaning on your understanding, your own business plan and your own plans and your own account? Or you are going to trust me? You are going to let me lead you? Which one are you going to do? Will you trust me with your 20,000 naira? Or you will go and look for how you are going to borrow, then you'll be in debt for the next... No, it doesn't mean borrowing is not good. I'm just saying that. What are your options? Who are you listening to? If you have to borrow, is it the Holy Ghost saying, oh yeah, go to the bank, apply for a loan? Oh yeah, just saying, oh. So, these are things. But you have to make, first be aware that I have two options. Is it that I follow my understanding or I follow the Spirit, but I cannot follow the two at the same time? Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the maturing ones of God. Maturity is dependent on how well you are led by the Spirit. Maturity is not dependent on how, how well you are praying in tongues. And I say, Mark, hey, there are people who can pray from morning to night. And yet, when it's time for them to make decisions, they don't listen to the Holy Ghost. You hear that this person is a prayer warrior and yet he beats his wife. That person is not mature. He's not led by the Spirit because he's not crucifying his flesh. When the wife says something that makes him angry, he should have crucified his flesh and said, mm, be angry and sin not. I am to love my wife and to die for her. Not, you see? So that is what the Holy Ghost is. is. Those are the lines. Is, is, is looking at those little, little foxes. He said, for as many as are led by the Spirit, the people who obey the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, he said, for you have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, and we explained the spirit of adoption last week, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we can now call God Father. Now, verse 16, it says, the spirit itself, now that is a wrong translation by the people who, who, who translated it. It's supposed to be himself, because we saw last week from, 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 um, from, from Jesus' words. In John chapter 16 from verse 13, Jesus used the, the personal pronoun, he. So the Holy Ghost is not an it, he is a he. So that was a wrong translation. There, Even in my Bible, there is an asterisk behind it. So the people who did the, did the King James Version, they made a mistake there. There is an asterisk and there is a note that that itself can be replaced with himself. So I'll read that verse again, Romans 8, 67. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, this is the beginning of my sermon and our lessons for today. To follow the Holy Ghost, there is a mechanism on the inside of you that the Holy Ghost uses to guide and direct you. There's something the Holy Ghost uses to direct your feet and your path in life. And you need to know that thing so that you can recognize it and follow it. That thing is called the witness of the spirits. Look at it again. Let's look at Romans 8.16. It says, The Spirit Himself 
bears witness with our spirits. So, the way the Holy Ghost communicates to you is through the witness of the spirits. Now, somebody is asking, what does that mean? What does it mean, witness? Now, let's begin with layman's English. What does it mean to witness? Witness means to attest to something. So, when you say you are a witness or you are witnessing to something, that is, you are attesting to the fact that this thing is true, this thing has happened, I was there when it happened, I was part of the process, I witnessed it, then I'm, I am attesting, I'm giving a testimony to that. So, I'm a witness in both ways. That is, I witness it and then I am a witness that it happened. I am, you know, testifying about it. So, Inside you as you are listening to me, the Holy Ghost is in you. And then, you are a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. Now, I will stop here. Let me digress a little bit to quickly address something. And in coming weeks, we are going to do that. Because um, that is, the, as a matter of fact, that is our next topic after today. Next week. The, the next topic is what is man? We want to study man based on what the Bible says. But before we get there, so I want to show you something. And this will help you follow the Holy Ghost. So that when you recognize this, you will know how to follow the Holy Ghost. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It said, And the very God of peace, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Sanctify you fully. And I pray God, your whole spirit, one, and soul, two, and body, three, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, by the Spirit of God, is telling us the dimensions of a human being. That is, a man, as you are that way, you are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. And the reason why we can say you are a spirit is because you are made in the image of God. And let's look at John chapter 4. Now, I'm still going to come back to Romans chapter 8. So that we can understand how to follow the Holy Ghost. But let's go to John chapter 4. We need to quickly see something here. John chapter 4, verse 24. It says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you look at that verse, you will see that the first God is a spirit. The spirit is in capital letter S. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. That second spirit is small letter S. So, talking about human spirit and God's spirit. So, if God is a spirit and we are made in the image of God, that means of necessity, every human being, whether saved or unsaved, is a spirit being. And that human being has a soul. And then that human being lives in a body. So you are a spirit. I want you to say that with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Now this is the Bible. This is not hocus pocus. This is not some Eastern religion. This is not some, some yoga. Mm -mm, that's, mm -mm. This is the word of God here. It says God preserve you. Holy. Whole means they're full. So in your full sense, as you are sitting down listening to me, fully, you are a spirit. There is a spirit. You have a soul. 
and you live in the body. So this body that is listening to me, this person that I can feel, touch, and, and, and you know, interact with, that is not the real you. The real you is unseen. It's on the inside. So with your spirit, you interact with God as a spirit. With your soul, you interact with the intellectual and soulical realm. So your spirit interacts with God as a spirit being. And then shares whatever you receive from God. Or with others. So, for example, an unbeliever that is into spiritism, he uses the spirit to contact the spirit realm. Whatever spirit is dealing with. You as a child of God, you use your spirit to contact the spirit realm. You contact the Holy Ghost. Then you are conscious of that interaction in your soul. Your soul is the faculty of your of your person that, that interacts with the soul realm. And what's that? Your, your soul has three compartments. The first compartment is your emotions. Then, not in, not in any particular order actually, but three of them. Your emotions your will, and your logic, your rationale. So, your emotions is the feeling part of you. So, your soul has is the part of you that feels all kind of feeling. Love, joy, anger, depression, patience, whatever. All kind of feeling. Patience is not a feeling, but feeling is involved anyway. So, feelings are in the place of the soul. Your will, your will is a part of you that chooses. I will, I will not. That is your choosing. So your emotion is your feeling. Your will is your choosing, your faculty of choice. That is the ability that makes you decide to choose God or choose the enemy. That is what Adam had. That was, he decided to eat the fruit. If man does not have will, we will not have a problem. But God is an integral God. He's a secure God. He said that, I would rather that you choose me instead of making you a, a, a zombie or a robot that will not have any choice. So I will say, I will give you a will. You have the ability to choose me. You can choose me or not choose me. No problem. But I will give you a will. So your will is your, cho- your, your faculty of choice. And then you have your logic, the, the faculty of thoughts. You think, you analyze, you, 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 you know, you think, okay, this thing, this is supposed to be this, you know. You, you, you critical thinking, analytical thinking, you know. You reason, oh, this doesn't make sense. When you say this doesn't make sense, that's your rationale. It is not your will. Something may not make sense and you still choose to do it. You see something, say, this doesn't make sense. Why are you still doing it? That's your choice, acting against your, your rationale. And then sometimes you are feeling sad, but you know you are not supposed to feel sad. That's your rationale saying, why are you feeling sad? But your emotion is saying, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, you know? Or you want, you are falling in love with somebody. You say, this person is a bad person. He doesn't have good character. But your feeling is saying, I love him, I love him. Your, then your choice, follow your feeling. But your rationale is saying, this guy, look at how he's behaving. This girl, you know. So those are the faculties of your soul. Then you have your body. These five physical senses composed of your skin, your, your sense of touch, your sight, your sense of seeing, your hair, your sense of hearing, your speech, your tongue, your, your sense of taste rather, your nose, your sense of smell. That is how you gather data from the physical world. You see with your eyes, you read, you analyze, you think, okay, this is white, this is blue. So that, those things, they take information from the physical world. With your body, you interact with the physical world. With your soul, you re- interact with the soulical world. And then, with your spirit, you interact with the spiritual world. So that is who you are. So you are essentially a spirit because you are made in the image of God. We will go more into this in our topic next week on what is man. So, now, having understood this, that you are a spirit being, and that is why when you got born again, 
When you say you are a born again Christian, when you say if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you say you are born again, what is that old thing that passed away? What is that thing that is a new creation? It is your spirit. Because when you got born again, if the day you accepted Jesus Christ, if you are bowed, you will still be bowed after Jesus came into your life. Even though we say you are born again, you didn't enter your mother and come out back. That's what Nicodemus was discussing with Jesus in, in John chapter 3. And Jesus said, you must be born again. So it wasn't the thing that you were born again physically. No, it wasn't physical born again. It was your spirit being that was reborn in the image of God. Because when man fell, his spirit didn't share the image of God anymore. He shared the image of Adam. Even though he was still a spirit, but that image, that, that sanctity, that holiness, that purity was no longer there. Which made it full. As the image of God, it only bear the image of God as a spirit being, but in his essence, in its in its in the character of the spirit, in the in the essence of a spirit being, holiness was no more there. The life of God was no more there. It was not bearing the life, the, the, the nature of Adam, the fallen Adam, the nature of death, the nature of sin. So when you got born again, God took away that old spirit in an instant, actually. That old spirit passed away. A new spirit which was born after God, a new creature was put inside you. Now, that spirit, when you got born again, the way you now know. Now, I'm sure the day you got born again, nobody prophesied to you and said, now you are born again. And say, yes, that's how. No. You just kneel on the inside of you that, ah, I now have a peace. I have peace with God now. I'm a child of God. It wasn't what the pastor said. You had a knowing on the inside of you that you were a child of God. Different from the fact that you went down the aisle, that you, you said the, sinner, the, the sinner's prayer, the prayer of salvation. After that, there was a knowing on the inside of you. Now, and that is what Romans 8 is now talking about. It says, Romans 8, 16, it says, The Spirit bears witness, and that is the witness of the Spirit, with our spirit that we are the what? Children of God. So if I ask you, how do you know you are a child of God? You, if, if you've not been conversant with this scripture, you say, I know now, I know. I know, I know I'm a child of God. I pray to God. God hear me. I feel God in my soul. What you are actually trying to say in biblical, biblical terms is that I have a witness. The Holy Spirit is saying, is witnessing to the fact that I am the Holy Ghost. I was there. I, as a matter of fact, I was your midwife the day you got born again in Christ. I was the one that delivered you in Christ Jesus as a newborn baby. So that new spirit, that new creation that came to life, it was me. So it's bearing witness with your spirit. So, for example, and that's how you test sometimes. When you ask somebody, are you born again? I, and they can't answer convincingly, you know. The witness is not there. That's what we were saying last week. That the spirit of adoption, when you call God your father, it is the Holy Ghost that is bearing witness with your spirit that yes, yes, that person you are calling father is father. But when an unbeliever, they don't have that confidence to say God is our father. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will not bear witness with us because it's not with them. It will not say no. It will, they, can't, they can't attribute God as their father. Convincingly, No. So, he said the spirit bears witness with our spirit. So, if nobody prophesied to you, it's if, if you, you didn't dream, it wasn't in a dream, God came to say, oh, you are my son. No. The way you knew you are now born again is you had a witness. Now, and it was the Holy Ghost making you know. Now, the most important thing, the most important decision in your life you could have made is accepting Jesus, making the decision to receive the life of God in Christ Jesus. That's the most important decision. 
most important decision. If you don't make any good decision after that, no problem. You will go to heaven. But that single decision, and you do not revoke that decision, has taken you to heaven. And now, as important as that decision is, God did not prophesy to you. He did not give you a dream. He did not show you a revelation. He did not send a prophet to you. He did not appear in the sky and write in the sky. He did not make a blue car pass and say, Oh, Colade, the way I will know you are my child is that I will make a red car come out of the ground. He did not make rain fall. No, you just knew that, Oh, now I am at peace with God. I am justified by faith. I have the witness of the Spirit. So, I'm giving you the name of that feeling, that knowing on the inside of you, how you know you are a child of God. It is called the witness of the Spirit. It is called the witness of the Spirit. Now, if that is how the Holy Ghost communicated the most important decision in your life to you, that is the same way is going to let you know every other thing in your life. That is the standard, basic, unflinching way. Now, there are other several ways the Holy Ghost can guide you when you want to follow Him. Yes, He can use a dream. Yes, He can use a vision. But you cannot guarantee He's going to use a dream. You cannot guarantee He's going to use a vision. You cannot guarantee He's going to send a prophet to you. All of those ones are not guaranteed. He does them as he will. If he like, he will do. If he like, he will not do. And there is no way in the Bible that tells us that you should ask God, God, give me a vision. Show me a vision. No, when you do that, you open yourself to a dangerous territory where the enemy can disguise as an angel of light and appear to you. So the Bible does not encourage us to be asking for vision. I want to hear a voice. Oh God, speak your voice. I want No. Mm-mm. So God is saying that, Push all that aside. This is the way I'm going to make you know everything I want you to know in life. Standard. Every other one is addendum. This is the basic way. It is by the witness of the Spirit. I will give you another example. The way you know the witness of the Spirit. Now, for example, you pick up your Bible one afternoon and you are reading. And we still have a lot to cover today. But I'm still talking about the witness of the Spirit. And I hope we don't even get into next week. Now, it says that, the, the witness of the soul, you pick up your Bible and read it. You start reading verse 1, Romans 8 verse 1, Romans 8 verse 2, Romans 8 verse 3, Romans 8 verse 4. Now, by the time you read verse 5, you see that even though you've been reading from verse 1, by the time you read verse 5, it looks like verse 5 burns in your heart. It looks like it, it, it impresses you in another way. That is how sometimes you read the Bible and say, oh, God is speaking to me through this verse. This is the promise of God to me. Now, how did you know that? It was the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit that that verse is for you. That is what God wants for your life. Now, so that is how the Holy Ghost communicates with you. Through the witness of the spirit guaranteed. That is the basic way. And we can also know that because at the, early, at the time of the early church, they didn't have this Bible we have. But yet the Holy Ghost was leading them. It was after they were the ones that wrote the New Testament for us. The Bible they had then was the, was, the, was the Old Testament. So they had to be led by the Holy Ghost. How was it leading them? By the witness of the spirits. Witness. Witness of the Spirit. That's the fundamental way. That is how you know a verse of the Bible is for you. That is how you knew you were born again. And that is how God is going to lead you through life. Now, somebody is not saying, are you serious that 
as little as that witness, that tiny with that looks like you can even not recognize that. Tiny. That's how God is going to lead me through life. How, how will I recognize it now? And that is where you need to now understand and master sensitivity. So, God is going to lead you through life by the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit. So, when you say that you want to follow the Holy Ghost, the first thing you want to look at is this is that I have to pay attention to the witness. That same way God made me know that I am his child. That same way he makes me know that the verse of the Bible is meant for me as his promise. Now, I'll give you another way. You know the witness. You are sitting in church. And then the pastor is preaching. And then as the pastor begins to say something, he's been preaching everything, then he begins to say something. And what he says begins to register in your heart. It begins to look that this is meant for me. It begins to feel that God is speaking to me. How do you know that? It is the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit. So, and that's why we went into that explanation to begin with. That you are a spirit being. The Holy Ghost is communicating with your spirit. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So that you will, you will, you will take that away once and for all. Now. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. So that you will know that the Holy Ghost is in your spirit, dwelling with your spirit, abiding with your spirit. He said, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God what, is living in you. So the Spirit of God is living in you as you are listening to me. As I'm talking, is the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit, saying that that thing he's saying is true. Listen. So the Holy Ghost is bearing witness. Let's see another scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 19, he said, Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. The Holy Spirit is living in you. So now, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost because your body is the temple of your spirit. You know, we said the other time that you are a spirit being, you live in a body, you, you have a soul, you live in a body. So your body is your house. You are not your body. You are a spirit being. When a man dies on the earth, you, that is why as Christians, we don't mourn as unbelievers. Because we know that the body is the only thing that just fell off. The spirit has gone to meet its maker. So you may, you will not mourn. You know that one day I'm going to see you again. So far, they're a child of God. So even though, and the Bible, has, God has guaranteed us that at the last trump, when Jesus is returning to gather us unto himself, when the archangels sound the trumpet, our body is going to be resurrected and it's going to be a flawless body. So going back, to this, that the Spirit of God is dwelling on the inside of you and He witnesses to your spirit that this is the will of God for your life. That is how the Holy Ghost is going to guide you through life. So you have to be a person who is always following the witness of the spirits. Now, and that is in your spirit, your heart. It is not in your head. We read in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with what? Your heart, not with your head. Your head is, is the part of your soul that is your logic. Your logic. In Isaiah chapter 55, the Bible tells us that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So you cannot be somebody who is totally ruled by your logic and your thinking and be led by the Spirit. No. Your spirit must rank above. So if we are going to, 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 to rank you as a, uh, your, your, your part as a person in the order in which you can be able to follow the Holy Ghost, first, your spirit is number one in that rank. Then your soul. Then your body. So 
the voice of your spirit, the way your, your spirit receives direction from the Holy Ghost is through your, the inward witness, the witness of the spirit. So you have three voices, the voice of your spirit, that's the inward witness. Then you have the voice of your soul, that is feeling, feeling is the voice of, of, of the soul. Logic, rather, is the voice of the soul and feeling is the voice of the body. So, you must rank. You must not follow your feeling. You must not follow your logic without first seeking after the witness of the Spirit. You first acknowledge Him. Your logic and your feeling come second to your Spirit. So, tonight, you must reorder the way you go through life. You must be a person who is first led by the Spirit. And then you let that affect your soul. And then it affects your body, your behavior, which you use to carry it out. So you must change the order. You must not be head-led. You must be Spirit-led. You cannot be people-led. You must be Spirit-led. You cannot be money-led. So it's not just that the fact that, oh, this job is offering a lot of money. So that is why I'm being led. No, that is not the Holy Ghost. Follow because... In two weeks' time or one six months down the line, that company may fold up and then you are jobless. So you cannot be money-led. You cannot be soul-led. You cannot be rational-led. You have to be spirit-led. Oh, I like this girl. She's looking. It, uh, two, one year into the marriage, God forbid, she has an accident. You follow that body there. Now that she has a scar, will you still love that body again? So, you must be spirit-led. It has to be that the Holy Ghost is saying, follow, this is the woman to marry. This is the man to marry. Oh, he has money. Next two, two weeks, the business can crumble. So, you have to be, so you don't follow your logic alone. You don't follow your feeling. Oh, I have feelings for him. We jail, we connect when we talk. No, that is not how. Oh, I want to start business with this person. Oh, I've seen the businesses. I've seen the projection. Yes, that is good. We are not saying it's bad. But first, the Holy Ghost can say, listen. All those logic is all right, but I know the future. That thing in two weeks' time, federal government. Now, it may not even give it to you explicitly, but by the witness of the spirit, you start having disturbance. So now, and the witness of the spirit makes you know the will of God in several ways. Several interesting ways. Number one is true peace. So the witness of the spirit. So the Holy Ghost ministers direction to you through the witness of the spirit and the ark. The number one way is through peace. Availability of peace or withdrawal of peace. Now, this peace is not an emotional peace. This peace is not a peace in the body. Because you could have peace around you, but there is no peace in the realm of the spirit. So you must be somebody who is always checking on the inside. Oh, and that's why, listen again, if you have recognized the spirit, you have reverenced the spirit, it will be easy for you to respond to him through the inward witness so you check on the inside do i have peace concerning this thing do i have peace do i know do i have that witness the same way i know i'm a child of god am i very certain that this is god's will for me so how you know you are very certain oh no 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 i'm a child of god i'm going to heaven so are you certain to that level of degree or in a similar way that this is the business to do this is the job to take this is the person to marry so, and that means that following the Holy Ghost requires a lot of discipline and diligence. You cannot be somebody who just here and there, let's just pray, God, God, if you want it to happen, let it happen. No, no. 
The matter is that when you pray that way, because it is in the physical realm, the enemy can, can get into that process and corrupt it. It's in the physical realm. Because he has heard what you said. So he can manipulate the environment to make you feel it is God. But if you follow the witness of the Spirit on the inside of you, even if you manipulate the environment, because the Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends of it are the ways of the soul. The, only, the, the, the enemy can manipulate the environment and make it look as a right way, but the ends of it are the ways of the soul. The witness of the Spirit will let you know that even though there is peace on the outside, my son, there is chaos at the end of the road. Let's look at a scripture in First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Now, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll read from verse 1. It says, But of the times and the season, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace, safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Can you see that? So, when the people, the unbelievers, people who the Lord is still hoping and sending us to, to bring them into the kingdom, while they are still reveling in party and saying, oh, there's peace, there's prosperity. It says suddenly destruction will come on them. So you can have peace on the outside, but there's no peace in the realm of the spirit. So in the realm of the spirit, destruction was coming. But in the realm of the physical, it looked like they had peace. So there is a way that can seem right. So that is why you must be somebody who is diligent and disciplined. So if you've been disciplining yourself, in obeying the corrections of the Spirit, when it's time to guide you by the witness, because it's through the witness the Holy Ghost will tell you, you have been watching movies, stop now and go and pray. You have not read your Bible today. That is the witness. It may come to you as intelligence, recognizing, but that is the witness. It, it, it comes through your conscience. Sometimes your conscience is, is not comfortable with somebody, something, or with a person, or with a relationship, or with a movie. Be sensitive. You check your conscience. That conscience is there. Don't laugh at this joke. This is a stupid joke. They are making jest of, 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 of the body of Christ. Why are you laughing? What, what, what's funny in that? So your conscience is there. Pricking you. Don't talk to your friend that way. Uh, why will you react to your friend? This person has been your friend. They've been supporting you for a while. They, they are there. So why will you talk to them? Because you are angry. No, you don't react to them that way. Apologize. That's your, the witness. Your conscience. The Holy Ghost will impress on your conscience. Through the witness of the Spirit. The conscience is the voice of the Spirit. So the spirit will impress on your spirit. The conscience will begin to say, okay, so through that witness, you can make decisions and navigate through life. Through life. So the same way you know that you are a child of God, that's how God is going to lead you through life. Now, the next thing I'm now going to go into, now, because that's the next question somebody can begin to think about in their mind is that, okay, how do I recognize this witness? Now, there are a couple of, ways you live your life if you want to follow the Holy Ghost. So people who follow the Holy Ghost don't just live anyhow. They don't just do things anyhow. They don't live like every other person lives. No. There is, their life come under a set of behavioral routines. So now, and that is what I call keys to increase sensitivity. And I'm thinking we may not be able to finish it again today. We have to continue next week already. But I believe you are gaining something from this and you are learning. Keys to increase sensitivity. Now, number one, because you are a spirit being, 
For you to be able to follow the Holy Spirit, you must first be aware of your own spirits. So I'll give you an analogy. You know, if a person is unconscious, you can carry them throughout in an ambulance or throughout a, 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 a whole journey and they won't even know where they are, who said what, what said what. So for example, when you are sleeping, Somebody can come into the room while you are sleeping, pick up a cloth beside you, iron, do this and that, say something, and you know, you are sleeping. So sometimes maybe, you know, let's say husband and wife or brothers and sister, you are still sleeping, your brother is going to work, he is woken up around 4 a.m., he's washed, washed his body, he's bathed, then he, he, he dresses up, all that is going on around you. But because you are not conscious, you don't know. And it's the same thing with the spirit realm. When you are not conscious of your spirit, your own spirit, even before we say the Holy Spirit, you need to first be conscious of your own spirit before you can be conscious of the Holy Spirit. You need to first recognize that I am a spirit being. I have a soul and I live in a body. So, you must first be conscious of your own spirit. And that's the first thing that needs to dawn on you today that you are not your body. You don't see with your eyes. You see through your eyes. You don't speak with your mouth. You speak through your mouth. Are you getting that now? Your brain is not your soul. You think through your brain. Are you getting me now? So even if your brain stops functioning, you still have your soul. You cannot just express your thoughts. So the brain is not the brain. The brain is just, it's just an instrument. It's a tool. So you see now that your brain doesn't control you. Your brain is not even your soul. Your brain is the tool for your soul to function through so that you can think. So you can teach your brain how to think. So now, recognizing that you are a spirit being and being aware of that fact is the first step in being sensitive to following the Holy Ghost. So just like a person who is sleeping in a room doesn't know, is not aware of what's going around him. If you are not conscious of your spirit first, you cannot be conscious of the Spirit of God. So you need to be conscious of your own spirit. Now, how do you get conscious of your own spirit? Increase sensitivity so that you can begin to descend the inward witness. Number one, you must be somebody who prays in the Holy Ghost. So you see, this thing we say, Makarabo, Shekel. Now, when you pray in tongues, let's look at it. First Corinthians chapter 14. So that you will see that when you pray in the Holy Ghost regularly and you focus on it, what happens is that you become keen, you become sensitive, you become aware of your own spirit. Because when you want to pray in the Holy Ghost, you don't, those words don't come out of your mind. They are words that are unknown to you. It is called unknown tongues. So they have to be coming from somewhere. They are coming from your spirit. The Holy Ghost is giving you utterance. So, the more you pray in tongues, the more you become aware of the movement and the operations of your own spirit in the Holy Ghost. So, your spirit is in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit is in you. You are intertwined as one. In 1 Corinthians, it said, They that be joined to the Lord are one spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So, you are one spirit with the Lord. You and the Holy Ghost are one. The Bible says, the Lord is that spirit. So, the Lord is the spirit. So, they that be joined with the Lord are one spirit. So, when you pray in tongues, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's, let's see that so that you will see biblically how praying in tongues makes you sensitive 
to your spirit. It makes you aware of your spirit and that helps you discern. Know that, oh, this is the Holy Ghost leading me. You begin to pick up on the witness because it takes sensitivity to know that these are the words I'm supposed to speak in the Holy Ghost. So, for example, you are leading prayer and I'm leading and I'm sometimes when I'm leading prayer on Thursdays on Friday and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and then I begin to feel, okay, prophesy that over this person, there, yeah, uh, this is what is going to happen. Now, how do I know that? It's not that I'm hearing a voice. It is by the witness of the Spirit. I'm, I'm sensing that the Holy Ghost is saying, somebody is listening right now. This is what they are dealing with. No, they are dealing with bad dreams. They are de- so it is a sensing. I'm not hearing a voice. No. If, if anything, probably I'm seeing a mini vision. So now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So when you pray in tongues, it makes your spirit sensitive. It said, verse 2, it said, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue, Speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, but albeit in the spirit, he speaks what? So, when you pray in tongues regularly, it familiarizes your consciousness with your own spirit, and then makes you conversant with the spirit of God. Now, he goes on, he says, But he that prophesies, he says, He that speaketh in an own tongue, edifies himself. But he that prophesies, edifies the church. Now, let's go to verse... Mm. I'm coming. Okay. Now, verse 7. No, verse, verse 13. Now, it says, Wherefore, let him that speak in an unknown tongue. Pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayers. Pray it. First Corinthians 14, 14. Say, For if I pray in tongue, my spirit is praying. So when you get into the place of prayer and you are praying, Masolapura, Rishka Tembrenose, just join me in praying in tongues. Let's pray in tongues for one minute. Mashekata Rusieto, Mendeskete Rusia Bakade, Ruse Kante Kurabotoya, Zizo Zimakapu Karapuanete, Zinzeskoturaba, Jeskatarumia, Enjeskete Kurabokotoni, Zizeskete Kurabea, Mamono Sekilo, Irasheke Barakatando, Enesokwataya, now, the Bible tells us that as you pray in tongues that way, what is praying? It is not your mind. It said, your spirit is what is praying. So, when you pray in tongues day in, day out, you, you, you tell yourself that I'm going to pray at least one hour a day. Pray in the Holy Ghost one hour a day. You start, okay, so you can't pray one hour now. You start with 30 minutes a day. You are praying. Every day. You build up. It makes you charge up yourself. It makes you become aware of your own spirits. He said, but my understanding is unfruitful. So, it is not out of your mind. It's your spirit. So, by praying in the Holy Ghost regularly, you become sensitive of your own spirit. And because when you are praying in tongues, you are not praying to yourself. You are praying to God. No man understands you. It also, in the same vein, makes you more aware and conscious of the spirit of God. And that. When you now go into life, are you seeing now? When you now go into life, you will easily discern the witness and the guidance of the Spirit. And that's why it's always good to pray regularly, especially in the morning before you leave home. Or whenever you have the chance, pray in the Holy Ghost. It makes your spirit sensitive to the Holy Ghost when it wants to lead you. 
So people who pray earnestly, intentionally, intelligently and humbly, who humble themselves in prayer and submit themselves to the Holy Ghost, they become sensitive in their spirits. And then they can easily know the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now, let's look at another key. To be sensitive so that you can know the inward witness. Number two, you must feed on the word of God. You must feed on the word of God. Now, you know the other time we make uh, an explanation of how, how do you know that this, this scripture is, 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 is for you. It is through the inward witness. Now, a person who doesn't read their Bible regularly won't even know when God wants to speak a verse to them. So, when you don't feed on God's word, you don't get aware of the witness of the Spirit. The more you feed on God's word, the more your spirit becomes strong. It's just like exercise. The, the more you feed... So, for example, you know, for example, you may not know the amount of muscles in your hand, but one day, just go to the gym and just carry weight for like 20 minutes. And sleep and wake up the next morning. You will feel all your muscles, like 15 of them. You will know where each of them start and where they end. Because they'll be paining you. Sorry, there's no word like paining you. They'll be hurting. That's our own Nigerian language. Hmm? So, you, 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 you go, you, you, or you, you, do, you, do, you do squats. When you do squats, you know you don't even know there are muscles in your leg. Well, wake up the next morning. You will feel all the muscles of your thighs and the one at the back of your leg. You will know that, oh, so this is muscle. This is where it starts from. This is where it's paining me. So, and that's the same thing. So when you feed yourself with the word of God, it makes your spirit sensitive. Let us look at Hebrews chapter 5. Now, we, we, we are almost done today again, but I'm going to finish these keys to sensitivity. And next week, we are just going to look at hindrances to following the Holy Spirit. And then we'll wrap up. On this whole uh, affair, it has it has been wonderful so far. Anyway, Hebrews chapter five. So you are checking out the role of feeding on God's word. What it takes to to make you sensitive. Hebrews chapter five, verse sixteen. Look at what the word of God says. It says, "For now, I'll, I'll start from verse verse twelve. It says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers.'" Hebrews 5 verse 12. You have need as one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of meal, and not of strong meat. He said, for everyone that chooses to make is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He said, for he is a babe. He said, but strong meats belong to them that are of full age, who even those, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil now what does that mean that is the more you feed on the strong meat you start with milk and you start with milk and you graduate to strong meat the more you feed on the meat of god's word your senses that senses is not your ears your eyes your no it means your spiritual faculties the faculties of your spirit and the faculties of your soul will become will become will become exercised they will become exercise. You will be able to discern that this is good, this is evil. Now, when we say good and evil, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that is good and evil. No, there are things that are good for everybody, but they are not good for you. A job can be good for Mr. B, but it is not good for Mr. A because it is not God's will for his life. A job can be good for uh, a woman can be good for Mrs. Uh, Mr. C, and it's not good for Mr. Z because that is not the woman God hasn't stopped for him. So something can be good for the Greece, but it's not good for the Ganda. In this case, 
So, but when you feed on God's word, so for example, I remember once a story. So I was, I was, I was, I was, I was. There was a, 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 a young woman, you know, you know how you like a young woman. I was, okay, yes. Yeah, so oh, this girl, okay, we are going to go on a date together. Oh, this is the best girl, this and that. And I remember I was in church one day. I was, you know, the pastor was preaching, and he read from a Bible verse, and he said, "This shall not be your hair." But he that has come out of your boat, I'm like, okay, God has spoken out. But how was I able to do that? Because by feeding on God's word, when that word came, I was able to discern by the help of the word of God to say, okay, this is not the person. This is not the person God has in store for me. But how did they come? By the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4, it says, the word of God is, is quick and powerful. It says, it's a descender of the thoughts and intent of the earth. So when you feed on God's word, God's word is a sword. It will, it will scrape away the oppressions of your soul so that you can clearly see the oppressions of your spirit. So you will not be confused. Your feelings will not be conflicting and be sending wrong signals to you and between you and the Holy Ghost. Say, is that the Holy Ghost? Did I hear a voice? Mm, let me, let me. Mm, is that the Holy Ghost? What did you say? No. When you feed on God's word regularly, it will be easy for you to know, oh no, this is my soul. This is my spirit. Oh, my soul likes this person, but my spirit does not. So you know that it is possible to have feelings for somebody, but they are not God's will for your life. No, so I'm using the area of relationship as, as, as a, so it is possible for you to want to do a business, but it's not God's, God's perfect will for your life. It is possible you want to employ somebody as a staff, but it's not God's will for your life. It is possible you want to do a course, but you know, so you, you, it is by feeding on God's word. The word of God is a two-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. It will, it will dissemble and Draw a line between the oppressions of your soul and the oppressions of your spirit. You will know that this is my spirit by the Holy Ghost. This is my soul. So my feelings don't control me. So for example, so you know, a, a classical example, people these days, you know, just listening to, when people begin to say, oh, I feel that, okay, this is my gender, so I pick my gender. When you feed on God's word, we are not saying you may not f- have feelings, but the word of God will delineate into you and say, this feeling doesn't mean it is true. You are a man. Even though hormones are raging in your body and making you feel this way and the enemy is saying that go and change to a woman. The word of God will make you know that in the beginning God created them male and female. So that word will help you be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and say obey the Holy Ghost in this case. So the Holy Ghost will tell you by the word of God. It will show you. So when you feel them God's way, it makes you sensitive. Now, the next one. Walking in love. Now, this is very, very powerful. People who don't walk in love cannot, cannot identify the leading of the Holy Ghost. If you are filled with malice, with anger, with gossip, you are slandering your brother, you are, you know, you are wishing that something bad happens to somebody, you are full of envy. Come on. The Holy Ghost. No, no, no. Let's look at first. Let's look at James so that you will see that. When you don't walk in love, you can't receive the wisdom that is from above. You can't receive guidance from the Holy Ghost when you don't walk in love. So love is critical. So many people, you see somebody come. So for example, a prophet can come and declare prophecy. It's fine. But if that prophet, for example, I'm just giving an example now, is not walking in love in his own private life, he will be misled. 
So, and that's why, so, so for maybe for people who feel that being spiritual, you are walking the gift of the spirit, it doesn't mean that in your own person, and you see some people, they are, they are successes in, in, in their ministry, they can pray for everybody, but their own life is going through a mess. Why? There are things hidden there that they are not dealing with, so they can't receive the guidance of the spirit. Now, let us look at James chapter 3. <clears throat> James chapter 3, verse... Um, mm, Okay, verse 14. Okay, from verse 13, rather. James 3, 13 says, Who is a wise man and endure with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with mixedness of wisdom. Say, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, it's a glory not that you don't rejoice and lie not against the truth. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. He said, this wisdom descended not from above. So somebody say, God, guide me. He said, but if you, Holy Ghost, I want to follow you. He said, but if you have envy, strife, malice, unforgiveness in your heart. You are wishing somebody evil when you hear that something went bad with somebody's business or you say that, oh, they are social media, they are not liking it like your own. You see, are you guessing what we are saying now? When you see that they, they, they are not liking it, you say, hey, 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 that's good. When those kind of thoughts are in your heart, you can't receive guidance. You see, that wisdom descending not from above, that guidance is not. He said, or maybe you are coming from a place, ah, I must do past them, ah, I must, ah, I must, you know, you are competitive. He said, when there is strife, envy, bitter envy, you are trying to prove. We are not saying you should not be excellent. God wants you to be excellent. God wants you to stand tall among your peers. But you must, your heart must be right. You must not kill people. When I say kill people, that is in your heart. You must not be willing to see somebody go down for you to rise. No, there's enough space. You can rise and every other person rise at the same time. So don't wish people evil for you to rise. So you cannot be wishing people evil and expect to follow the lead of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to work. You have to walk in love. You cannot be wishing somebody evil. You cannot be harboring unforgiveness in your heart and expect the Holy Ghost to leave you. Look, I say, this wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. He said, for where there is envy and strife, is there confusion, you see? You see, so many times, so you see people, they are confused about life. Why? A lot of things are in their hearts. Strife, and this strife can be in any way. You are angry against the government. You are angry against, you know. Now, even though the governor does not even know you, but in your heart there is strife. This is Nigeria. Anytime you open your mouth, you are saying, Nigeria is a bad place. These politicians, they are foolish people. God, they are cursed. Now, the politician is where he is. Now, we are not saying that we are justifying what they are saying, but what is coming out of your mouth? There is strife. There is anger coming out of you. It's going to pollute the rivers of living water on the inside of you. It's going to cause you not to, not to be clear. To know the direct, because the spirit of God is the spirit of love. Even when it corrects, it corrects in love. And when God wants to judge, he judges in love. When you read the book of Psalm chapter chapter 1, it says he, he, he destroyed Og and Bashan, he said, for his love endure forever. That is, God was killing those kings, like he said, it is out of love. So, when you are speaking out of strife, it confuses your spirit. It makes you... Con- and that's why you see a lot of Nigerian youth, a lot of confusion everywhere. Now, it doesn't mean that the government is doing right, but by ourselves we have taken part of that strife we are always speaking strife complaining declaring we are not taking responsibility we are not we are not blessing our nature we are not speaking positive over the country we are not we are not saying okay let me get involved in governance let me make a change no we are always strife saying something nigeria nigeria is bad (laughs) this country no so now it's confusing you can't get direction you won't know the business to do why because strife and envy so you need to walk in love you need to purify your soul 
for you to be able to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So, and you can check also Galatians chapter 5. We'll not go there because we're already, we're already late. So, Galatians chapter 5, you see, the difference between you that want to be led by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, the things you are doing. The Holy Ghost will only direct you when you are walking in love, in joy, in peace, in temperance, self-control, meekness, teachability, gentleness. You don't push yourself over other people. You are not into witchcraft, controlling the will of other people, shoving stuff down their throats. Are you getting what I'm saying? Goodness, you're a generous person. That is the kind of person that will get direction from God. Now, then the next one is say, next thing is prompt obedience to your spirit. Obey your spirit immediately. Your spirit tells you something. Now, I'm going to stop here today because we already passed one hour and then we'll continue next week. We'll continue next week. Same time, same station, I believe. Next week is going to be very short. Even probably in 45 minutes, we'll be done because what is left is not so much. So, I hope this has blessed you so Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that has come to us today. Thank you for the utterance and the, and the wisdom you have put to us. Thank you for showing us how to be sensitive to your spirit and follow you. We give you all the praise today. Thank you. In one minute, I want you to pray in tongues and just say, Father, I thank you. Shaba karusia tela. Rabokoto kolomara bakatia sonia. Tinzalumakushe karaboto rondi. Indasote kalabarea posiede. In Jesus' precious name we are prayed. Amen. Alright, thank you very much. Next week, we continue same time, same station. I also invite you for prayer on Thursdays and Friday. We pray together. Those moments are usually powerful. God is usually speaking over us and is always encouraging us. And yes, miracles are on their way. Blessings are on their way. And most importantly, the purpose of those prayers is to build you up in your spirit, to make you a strong Christian. We are usually praying the word of God. So I encourage you, join us. And then, if you, if you can always share the link of this message with someone, let them listen. It's going to bless them and change their life. And you can always invite somebody to come and listen to Bible study on Thursday. And if they don't have time, maybe on Sunday night rather to listen, on, on Monday most likely the, the link will be up. So you can always go on Spotify, search for Joel Oshoba on Spotify. Just go on Spotify, search for Joel Oshoba on Spotify. You will see it the Zion's View by Joel Oshoba, and you can listen to the episode. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming. God bless you, and have a wonderful week. Bye.